not winning 90% of your new business because you have some sort of incredible value. I'm going to take a bit of a different angle. You know, we've got a budget this big. I'm going to give it to you because you have a, a really killer plan. You give a Red Bull to a turtle, what do you expect? <laughs> I think that's a dead turtle. <laughs> so let's move on to... Uh, e break. Cheers. 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 Does your current premium finance company lock you into long-term agreements? That's because they don't want you talking to us. At IFS, we win your business the good old-fashioned way, with customer service. I know you don't always have to use a premium finance company, but when you do, you should use IFS. Cheers. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Insurance Pint Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Reed, and as always, I'm joined by my colleagues, Jeff Roy, a.k.a. Dr. Caesar. CEO of Excalibur Insurance, Adam Mitchell, CEO of Mitchell and Whale, and Steve Earle, CEO of Cheap Insurance. And today we are super pleased to be joined uh, by Nick Kidd. Let's go to our speed round and uh, Jeff will dig into Nick's persona. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. And uh, great to have Nick, the commercial kid here uh, to join us, tell us some great stuff. And we always start this off because we love Canada. Canada Day is coming up. Uh, very soon. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be celebrated or not. That's another topic. But uh, who is your favorite Canadian artist of all time, Nick? Got to be uh, Brian Adams, I think. Probably show Mage a bit, but yeah. <laughs> Solid cuts like a knife. Can't beat it. Oh, yeah, man. Summer of 69. Yeah, Summer of 69. I saw him twi twice live. All great concerts. Uh, now, if you could watch any artist, any band at any time in history, who would that artist be and where, where would you be watching them? Unquestionably, it would have to be Led Zeppelin. Have ah, to be that. Nice. Right. Well done. The where, I, I, I would probably say Wembley or somewhere like that, somewhere just huge in London. Can't argue with that. Now, Nick, what is your high school nickname? Generally, Nick. Uh, some bright spark decided, found out or figured out that my uh, you know initials N-A with kid surname if you say them all together it sounds like naked and that 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 became a thing for about a month or so and that's about as close as i, as I ever got and uh your favorite drink uh red wine what are you drinking now I, we steve didn't get you a beer but you got the d tier going right i got a bit of detour going right the rest of the guys what do you got on what do you got going on from the uh, garrison collection i got the uh little juicy I got the same one, a little juicy. What I got right now is a 40-degree uh, heat wave going on, so if I had a beer, I'd be face down. So you've had three already. So. Yeah, I'm, go <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going naked for this show. Uh, your favorite sport and sporting team, Nick? Uh, favorite sport is football, like uh, soccer, I guess you'd call it. And within that, Arsenal. Arsenal, nice. Are you excited about England's big win yesterday? Yeah, big time, big time. That was pretty cool, go, especially over Germany. That's, that's, that's a big win, and uh, yeah, going all the way. Football's coming home, as they would say in England. And Nick, when you're not changing the uh, the commercial quoting environment and uh, you know setting up the quote binding issue and changing the world, what do you do? In, what do you do in your spare time for fun? Family, you know, I've got three kids and and a wife. Uh, I'm a bit of an exercise junkie, uh, and I'm also a bit of an eating junkie. So the kind of eating balances off the exercising and keeps me roughly on a level. Uh, and sucks up a whole ton of time. So, are you a CrossFit or like endurance person or triathlon or what's your running, cycling? So, so I'm a total like uh, I'm a I'm a slave to this thing. And uh, you know, if you guys have Apple Watches, you'll know it kind of counts every day and everything and all the stats and all the calories and sets you daily goals. And 
right now I'm on something like a three and a half year streak. So since whatever that must be, Jan 1, 2018, haven't missed a day uh, of running, exercising, cycling, something like that. So wow, it's been kind of nuts. I'm tired. I'm ready for this thing to break so I can get, uh, you know, get free of it. But uh, yeah, three and a half years. Well, you, you should be finding uh, when we talk about Quoti, a life insurance company that gives you a really good deal based on your watch. I, I think it exists. I think it exists. And last question, when this COVID crap is over, which everybody's getting close to their second vaccination across Canada, there looks to be a, cha- uh, a light at the end of the tunnel where we could actually travel uh, in, in late July, early August. Where do you want to go, Nick? Realistically, it's probably going to be UK. All my kind of family are out there and, and uh, uh, previous life. So, you know, haven't been there for a couple of years, so it'll be nice to get back and say hi. Gentlemen, I give you Britannia! Gambling with all the glitz and glamour of the British Isles. And best of all, the waitresses and showgirls are all real Brits. Fresh from the street to Sussex, they are. Fresh in the street, Governor! That's awesome. You hide your English accent quite well, by the way. So that's all for me. Pass it back to you, Tom. Thanks, Nick. Great answers. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, so, Nick, that was our little deep dive in your background. So why don't you, why don't you give us the official... Nick Kid bio. Been in the insurance industry for about 25 years. I, I I love this industry and have held a whole bunch of roles in different disciplines. Uh, spent 16 years on the market side in the UK market uh, with AXA, who were you know a brilliant and and, and great company to work for and great uh, foundation. Moved to Canada in 2011, uh, and from there I've I've been on the broker side of the fence. Uh, for a few years and also ran April for, for four years in Canada and had the pleasure of doing that. So, yeah, I, I'd say I'm an insurance junkie and I've had a really unique perspective on the industry from, you know, the market side, the, the MGA side and the broker side, uh, which has kind of driven a lot of what we're doing and thinking about on Quoti, really. What's Adam got to hold over you that he, that you're that you ever had to be associated with him. Like he, he must know about the skeleton in your closet. Polaroids too. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. Yeah. You wind up over there with Adam for a few years now. Truth, truth be told, like Adam and I go back a few more years than that. And, and uh, so Mitchell and whale were one of our largest Ontario brokers uh, when I was at April. Uh, and so naturally you kind of get to know your brokers a little bit and start to build a relationship. We live, uh, kind of, I guess, a few blocks away from each other uh, by coincidence and started realizing a bunch of shared interests and had a whole bunch of really cool conversations out of the day-to-day work into the bigger thoughts of insurance. And so when the kind of time came to do something different, that's, uh, you know, that's where the connection comes from. Nick, why don't you talk to us about, about Quoti, like what, what, how did it start? What's the genesis? What's, and what's the, uh, what's the long-term play here? Uh, Quoti has been rattling around my brain for about eight to 10 years now, uh, just this, this recognition that commercial insurance is an awful beast to work in, right? It's, it, it's almost like it, it's, it's been designed to support the survival of the fittest, right? And, and, and if you've been successfully broking in the commercial lines for a bunch of years, you deserve some kind of award or t-shirt or medal or, or, or something because getting through the day-to-day slog of that is incredible. Uh, there's so many barriers in place, so many hurdles. And it just struck me that that you know that needed to be solved for, and not only from a broker standpoint, but also from an insurer standpoint or product provider standpoint, the problem and the pains are everywhere. And so, just over time, 
filtered through my brain as to well here's something we could potentially do about that and and Quoti is is the, the the fruition of that. What's the long-term ambition here? We hope and, and we believe that Quoti has the potential to transform the commercial insurance industry in Canada and and beyond. Uh, and so, yeah, the the ambition is it f- is is for Quoti very much to be the the broker platform of choice. Full disclosure: we are a Quoti broker now, and uh, it's really refreshing to have producers be excited. And uh, I'm sorry, guys, but I, 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 I really want you to succeed, but I don't want you to succeed too much <laughs> because I really like this thing and I want it to be a competitive advantage for me. The part of me that, that is like, okay, we need brokers to succeed. We need things to be better. We need insurers to have open APIs. We need to stop doing things nine times to get a $500 freaking quote for the quilt maker at the mall. Can I be the only guy in Atlantic? Cause this is fucking kick ass. Nick, to ask that question in a, in a guided way, what do you see for opportunity for Steve to be exclusive or competitive advantage or, you know, distribute programs for himself? There's no secret that we, we've, we've incubated this inside Mitchell and whale. Right. And, and, and I think that's a huge advantage. Uh, and that, you know, it, it very much has that realism of being built, you know, by brokers for brokers. And, and, and so, uh, you know, because that's exactly, you know, it was born out of a broker environment. And, you know, we've had the conversations, right? You know, when we, when we built this, of should this just become an MW tool? And is there a competitive advantage there? And is that the right play for Quoti? And, and we took the decision really early on that that however good Quoti is or however much advantage it could give a single brokerage, the real potential is just so much broader than that, right? Because, you know, one, any one brokerage's pipeline can only ever be so, so big, even if they're dominant in a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, so, so we really did, you know, decide pretty early on that this needs to be open up for, you know, an independent play and open for brokerages across the market. Let's, let's take a quick step back. Um, the average user, the people have heard of Quoti. It's a buzzword. People have seen some LinkedIn posts. If I'm a broker and I, you know, I'm still using a spreadsheet or a Word documents, unfortunately, to put data in and filling out company forms. And all of a sudden I'm looking at a commercial management system for the first time. And I see Acturus and I see PolicyWorks. And now I see Quoti. Explain to me how your system works you know, how my user uses it, you know, do I get real-time quotes? And if the company doesn't have an API, do you send it out? So the first thing it does is it solves the problem of, you know, this basic fundamental problem of which application do I need to complete for my client? What questions do I need to ask? What supplementaries, what supplementals, et cetera, which is a, which is a huge issue for the vast majority of brokers I speak to. So Cody solves that by simply being a, you know, a, a universal digital application process, right? So so user starts, has a client on the phone, face-to-face, whatever it may be. <laughs> wave, wave hi. <laughs> new podcast star. We, we have a new uh, a new co-host uh, in the making there. Uh, so yeah, so what so one part is that digital you know uh, application process. What Quoti will do is effectively once you've completed that digital application, it pattern matches. It then goes out and calls on instantaneously any insurers that are connected to that. Uh, and and that call, you know, is through a whole bunch of tech methodologies. It can be an API call external, it can be an internal API call. There's a bunch of different ways insurers can connect to it. 
uh, and it immediately effectively validates the underwriting for that client against multiple insurer profiles. And assuming the client fits the, the profile, it, it brings back prices and it brings back coverage. I feel like you've got, you don't have any legacy technology. You're building this from scratch with modern technology with no legacy issues. So it must give you a real agile advantage over the people in the market right now. It's incredibly flexible. We can build things really quickly, really easily. It's all highly modular, uh, all the things you might expect out of 2021 20, tech, right? So it just enables us to move pretty fast and, and deliver what people need. How are you actually getting real-time connections to some carriers who, uh, you know, I haven't seen them have the technology to be able to do that, honestly. I, I completely buy that you have it, but how are you solving their side of the equation? Again, and maybe this is my underwriting background here, but we are extremely standards agnostic. I, I think to assume that every underwriter at competing insurers is going to agree and jump in the boat of standardizing everything, all the questions they ask, all the answers, all the follow-ups, and and of course, you know, the, the answer set. I, I think it, it can happen to some extent and it, and it is happening and evolving, but it's a long journey. Our solution will will extremely quickly pivot to the APIs when they're ready. And and we do have three API conversations ongoing right now with, with, with carriers. Uh, and so, we're sitting there ready instead of, you know, directing rating calls to an internal server to send them to external servers. It's almost a flick of a switch for us, but uh, yeah, we're still waiting for the, the insurance world to, to catch up. To any broker listening, this is our opportunity to say no to portals. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. You know, how's that go? <laughs> Fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> Fool me twice, shame on me. Right? There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. So anyway, this is the opportunity. If, if we start saying yes to portals and commercial lines, we are, we're really idiots. Because 15 years ago, we went through this where it was like, oh, you just do this and you get your personalized policy download the next day it's much better for your customer and what you do is this and whatever and what we get to do is we get to fire 30 percent of our staff that used to do the work and now you do it so this is where we're going in commercial lines and no matter what brand name they put on it it's small business and they're going to get us to do it again. Like, don't go there. Say no to portals. I don't care what the fuck name is on it. Hey, if you, if you, can, build, if you can build a portal, there's no reason why you can't extend that data out in API. A exactly. Exactly. Right? So say no to portals. But the problem is the comp some companies don't want to share their API because they don't want to be on a uh, Fortis or comparative rater because they're unique and they don't want to play that game. You know, insurers are almost incentivized to drop rate just to become part of the conversation. Sorry, to drop, yeah, to drop coverage, to enable them to drop rate, to be part of the conversation. And, and they shouldn't have to do that. You know, kind of the last barrier is why an insurer may not do it is cost, right? Like one of the problems with connecting with other vendors has been a high cost uh, we're hearing throughout the industry. Uh, 
you know, Cody's got a pretty good model, don't you, of how you connect, how a company connect, how easy and cost effective it is? So we're still in, in startup mode, right? So so that's just the reality of our business and, and, and we need to get traction. Uh, and, you know, we're in a bit of a chicken and egg model of, you know, more brokers equals more markets and more markets equals more brokers, right? So we're trying to balance the two. Uh, so certainly through our startup proce- process, we are subsidizing the cost of getting markets on board. In fact, we're not even charging the first 10 to join and we've got eight of those kind of chalked up. So we're, we're working on a couple more. Uh, so, so really incentivizing, you know, markets to come on board through, through, through a low cost model. One of the neat things that I think Nick's envisioned here is this is auxiliary and it's wide open. Your, your data is not locked away from you. You don't have to pay for access to your data. You own it contractually day one. If you would choose to port it into Salesforce, have a way. If you want to port it into MailChimp, have a way. If you want to have your data ported in the other way, go at it. And I, I think that's a level of openness and transparency. And especially for a cost, you won't find in the incumbent market. Are dropped calls and poor voice quality slowing down your business communication? It's time you switch to a solution that keeps the team connected seamlessly. Introducing Lightspeed Voice, your gateway to a revolutionary VoIP system designed to elevate your business communications to the next level. With Lightspeed Voice, you get more than just a reliable connection. You get feature-rich system that adapts to your business needs, whether it's video, conferencing, virtual voicemail, or call forwarding. Lightspeed Voice, they've got you covered. They got my agency covered at the Insurance Alliance. Worried about the transition? Don't be. Lightspeed Voice offers a seamless integration, making the switch to our VoIP system a breeze. Our expert support team, that's what they're known for, is here to guide you every step of the way, ensuring a smooth and efficient transition for your business, that's right. But that's not all. Lightspeed Voice is not just a communication tool, it's a strategic investment in your business success. It is. Save on your monthly communication costs while enjoying top-notch service. It's a win-win and it is, and you can put that money somewhere else. Don't let outdated communication systems hold your business back. Upgrade to Lightspeed Voice today and experience the difference. Visit our website or call now to schedule a demo and see firsthand how Lightspeed Voice can transform your business communications. Lightspeed Voice, where every word matters and your business is always in sync. CAS approved. A, I agree with you, Adam. B, okay, so what I'm hearing is you're not charging well, at least the first the first crop of, of, uh, of carriers and you've got 80% of those free slots filled up, which is great. Um, you're charging the broker the cost of a spotify license uh for use of it um or you know a uh, couple of coffees a month uh which also seems cheap um so where are you guys going to make your money no i i I think as as the business scales up the model evolves right and and there are a whole bunch of other uh avenues to monetize the business uh so of course you know brokers, insurers being the two we've talked about, but there's the opportunity for us to look at premium finance support of, of the entire base of bound business on Quoty, right? There's the opportunity for us to wholesale on Quoty uh, and and start to participate, you know, in a, in a very small way in some of those transactions. So there's, you know, there is 
a whole bunch of data sitting behind this that could be aggregated for for learnings of the industry and and, and monetized to some extent. Tom, if you if you envision what you've just described there is like a very low cost for both parties and changing remapping how it is, but then it makes available opportunity for value to be provided down the road. So if Jeff has control of his data all the time and he always has it and he can spin it around seven different ways to analyze it, but then he might want to know how he benchmarks against the average. And if that's providing value to him, then it might be reasonable to ask for part of that value, right? If an insurer can see when they bound a risk, how much money did they leave on the table, that might be strategically valuable to them. So if I can just read that back to you, basically what you're saying is, here's a problem, commercial broking, pay in the ass. We're gonna solve that problem, we're gonna do it cheap. And if that's all you want, fantastic. But we think you're actually gonna want, once we've solved that core level problem, we think you know broker, uh, carrier, we think you're gonna to wanna to go to the next level. And we're gonna charge you for that because now we're actually adding value and we'll take a piece of that value. So you add $10 of value, we'll take one or two bucks of it, but now you're plus eight to the good. Yeah, think of Spotify. You want you want the ad-free side? That's, you know, you can elevate it a bit. Like there's there's a lot of models that, that play this way, um, but not many models like this in insurance. This is not a broker management system. This is a submission proposal system at this point. It's not a broker management system. This is a submission proposal system at this point. I'll tell you how we're using it anyway, and Nick can correct me if it's going to go in different directions, but like we're an Epic broker and uh, like 99.9% .9 of other brokers, doesn't matter what BMS you're on, your commercial lines, part of your broker management system is just a giant uh, electronic filing cabinet. You're you're old enough to, to remember rating auto insurance, personal lines out of manuals. You open a binder, flip it open, and you want to go get a second comparative, you get a second binder and start the process again. We're not that far off of that world still for commercial. All you're doing is outsourcing the binder work to another desk at another building that the insurance company's paying for. And so what, what Nick's done with this model is, is similar to what the Savage Brothers and John did back in the day to say, you know, sorry, I'm Brian. Um, the, you know, this, this isn't tenable, this isn't work. And you'll never imagine a personal lines world going back in the tube where you don't put it into a single entry. It gets comparative rating. You can compare not only the prices, but the coverages normalized. And so that was kind of the entry point for Nick, I think of saying, well, that deserves to be fixed. Is your, is your system a CMS? My first question is the commercial management system. Right now you can do the quoting comparative. Can you provide service right now? And is that something that's coming in the next six months where we can service that account in Quoty and we don't have to go to another filing cabinet to do a bunch of emails where the data is not connected? Yeah, it's coming. It's absolutely coming. So it's not in our, our kind of MVP launch as, as, as Steve can attest to, but it's coming. I, I would say our analysis is we've done 80% of the hard work because again, all the data is there, right? So once the data is there in a structured form, it becomes really easy to do, you know, certificates on demand by the client potentially, right? Uh, to do renewals and automatically send the client an email 90 days pre-renewal. Hey, hope you had a great year. Tell us about any changes to your business and and, and we'll, we'll get on it for you and find you the best deal again. Give the client a link, let them update their data based on their current data to save all the work again. So effectively updating a digital app, 
and then again, you know, pass that ball back to the broker and let them do their job with with ease and a few clicks of a button. So, so the the hard work has been done. It's just you know head down sprints getting to market and 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 then uh, absolutely looking at the CMS component of it after that. You mentioned uh, earlier in your description of Quoty uh, that you did a lot of quote unquote pattern matching. Do you want to do you want to describe what that actually means? And I know Jeff. Um, is definitely uh, quite intrigued to uh, to pick away at that. But maybe just start with, when you say pattern matching, what does that mean? Essentially, every risk and prospect that goes into Quoty has a profile, right? In terms of, you know, what province is the risk in? How big? What type of risk is it? What do they do? What do they not do? What are their revenues? You know, essentially, we can construct a profile of, of, of every risk the same way, you know, you can construct a profile on a dating site. Uh, at the same time, we have what we believe to be a, an understanding of different insurers' appetites, uh, and so you know, and and so, Quoty will effectively match the profile of the risk to the profile of the underwriter. Now, and I've I've said this to everyone I talk to about Quoty. There's like 60 dimensions in this calculation, right? So, and 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 really. I would say that's like 60 times better than any market finder out there in terms of deciding which market is the best for this risk, but it's still incredibly, incredibly poor compared to where it needs to get to. It probably needs 60,000 dimensions to be a really smart match. And what that need, and what we need for that, those 60,000 dimensions is data. So again, once we have brokers on board, once we have tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of submissions flowing through here, that pattern matching and the structured data we have is, is, truly and genuinely enabled in real time. So what Quoty will start doing, when you put a risk through, it will look at the risk, it will look at all the other similar risks across Canada, uh, similar patterns. It will look at which markets quoted the risk, which ones declined, which ones did it fast, which ones eventually got the bind, what prices of quotes were, and it will make that calculation and position it to the broker of like, hey, Mr. Broker, insurer A has a 67% chance of binding this risk. Insurer B, 13%. Insurer C, 4%. And it'll effectively calculate the odds for you. Now, this may well be six months to a year out in terms of just having the data to fuel those types of calculations. But the structure is there. The data is there to enable us to do that. And that's that's very much the kind of architecture and design we, we've built. You can cut through the bullshit and the BS a lot quicker. So you're going to be able to understand where you can win better, who to approach and what the real rules of the game really are. There's always the written rules and then there's the unwritten rules, right? Underwriting is a science, but then that's also an art. If you've got a relationship, you've got a big book, you're, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of under other criteria where people can move mountains that shouldn't be able to, but they'd be able to do that. And back to your point earlier that some people give them a the yellow jersey of the Tour de France for leading the pack and doing commercials so well for so long, but some of that's because they position themselves, but some of it is because they've got these special favors or clout. Quoty could kind of level the playing field then. When you're talking to to markets that you don't have or markets that you do have, you'll be armed with all the data. Here's my entire submission flow. Here's what you quoted on. Here's where you won. Here's where you didn't want. Or if you're talking to a prospective market, here's the business and the patterns and the IBC codes and everything that could feed you. So it just puts you in a totally different position. We're talking about like for the price of a pizza. Can you still get a pizza for nine bucks? Let's be honest. I think 99% of brokers would be super happy for nine ninety nine a month per user to have a really kick-ass submission. So I watch Netflix or do I get my $13 and put it in Quoty and make money so I can pay for Netflix, right? Yeah, the <laughs> argument 
uh, <laughs> on the insurance side is always going to be okay. But who the fuck are you? Like, do you have the bandwidth to really uh, scale up on this? And you know, we've dealt with these guys for years, and these are the players. Are like, are you a player? Aren't you? Are you going to flash in the pan? Like, what? I know you said the more brokers you get and the more insurers you get, but like, that's that's what they're asking themselves. Like, we only have so many resources, Nick, and we have to pick our battles, right? Insurers—they're uh, always going to take the path of the, the you know the safer path. They're like trying to look at numbers and users. Uh, they don't skate where the puck's going, unfortunately, and they, you know they manage risk, but they don't want to take any. That's the unfortunately the ironic part. Now, as you get more clients on quoting, I know if you get some big big name organizations that have signed up that are using your product right now. That if you can get to that bandwidth, you know that that that's going to go away. It's kind of like when BMS vendors were in Ontario, the top two or three got all the attention, and the companies did the updates first, and then they went to everybody else after, right? They got the love, and it made it difficult for some of the incumbents to to compete, right? So if you guys can jump above and go above your weight and jump above that, that should be a non-issue, right? We just need to get to market, right? I mean, that's the reality. Until until you're a market, you're hypothetical. And so you can understand how any insurer is going to favor, you know, a giant applied and a giant actress who are in market with broker usership. And Nick, I got a quick question for you. Uh, I believe Quotis is able to connect uh, using the CSIO standards uh, to connect to companies. There's a bunch of good commercial standards that they've, they've come out and they, they came out with 40 or 50 key data standards that a number of companies are going to subscribe to. So can you just confirm that, hey, you're a member of CZO, you can use those standards, but also you have the ability, if a company isn't up to speed, to translate it or adapt it into the standards. Can you kind of tell our listeners under the hood, can you do both? Yeah, absolutely. So so effectively, the CZO contract is on my desk in, in terms of that specific question, and, and we will we will join and, and, and become you know paid up members. We want to support that community. Uh, and of course, on the back of that, we'll be fully able to consume, you know, any CZO APIs and, 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 and data flows. That's awesome. And, and with all your work too, with the non-stuff that doesn't fit the standards, there probably is the ability for you to loop in and beef the standards up and, and get fix what's not there. So you get a huge ability with the flow going through there to fix it. So great out. You position yourself quite well. Um, and that, my, my last question is, uh, are you going to be able to map Quoty out on my website? Like on my website, um, it's the client facing top end of my tech stack where a client interacts with it. Am I going to be able to allow people to get all the information directly on my website, go into Quoty, provide a rate back in real time, kind of what the Fortis does? Is that going to be happening? Or can I at least get a form, have the option for somebody to fill a form out to plug that in? Yeah, much much sooner than that. So, so actually in the early days, the broker will have the capability. Let's say the broker is talking to a client. Your client says to you, hey, look, I, I've just run out of time. Can you send me the questions? Can you send me the PDF? I'll answer it in my own time and, and come back to you. You know, Really, it's a hard no on the PDF, right? The, the days of PDF are, are, are sort of dead to us uh, just because those question sets are so complex and so diverse. So the broker will be able to send a link to the client so they can complete the digital, you know, select US, UX uh, you know, application in their own time and come back back to them. Uh, so that's absolutely what we're looking to do from day one. Uh, very quickly after that, there's no reason why brokers couldn't instigate that process from the website. So the client can go direct to the site, start the quote process, and then you know complete the application. We are not at this stage 
just being completely transparent, we're not at this stage sure that the right thing to do is put the pricing and the coverages on the website for the end customer. Uh, because again, you know, our view is, is it's a sophisticated, complex purchase and that the, the client more often than not will want to ultimately run through it with a broker. And so sure, the facility of, of data gathering and collection, 100%, I could see how, how putting the customer in control can be advantageous for some. But when it comes to actually looking at the options in the market and making recommendations, we want to make sure the broker is involved in that conversation to again, sell on value rather than just commoditize the market and make it price driven. Obviously, when you build the, the commercial management system where you can do renewals, endorsements on there, you by the sound of it, you'll be able to map out those questions to the consumer for them to answer and update Quoti automatically on the fly, right? Everything we built is structured so the client side becomes just a question of UX rather than structure. Death to portals, death to friction, you know, great, great, great option. Thanks for answering those. No, it's uh, say no to portals. Say no to portals. Say no to drugs. We'll, we'll get the t-shirts printed up and sent out to you guys. How's that sound? I already have the t-shirt. Here's what I like about being, I don't know, was what, what, what customer was I? Number five, number four, number three? Number one in our hearts. You're number one in our heart. That's a good answer. Like, I don't have to wait for version 9.0 four quarters from now to see something that might help me because it's an American company or UK company or whatever. And, and I'm tiny. Like you're like, honestly, Nick, I asked you for an improvement about credit score on commercial and three days I had it. Now you probably won't have that turnaround time going forward, but really my submissions had, credit score and commercial lines in three days. And that was amazing for my producers and it made a big difference to our submissions. To be honest with you, it took me five minutes to do it. <laughs> I was deciding whether to put it in the beta or in, in the MVP, Steve. That was my dilemma. And then I thought, you know what? Hey, Steve's a great guy. They're an awesome brokerage. Let's throw it in the beta for them. And, and we did that. This, this is kicking ass and my producers love it. Like it's one place to go. It's a single portal. It's our portal is what it is. And if you don't want to join our portal, fuck you. All right. Well, you know, if this was a scripted episode, we would have ended right there. But uh, it's not scripted. Well, we have our quota of 25 F-bombs already hit, Steve. That was 26. So let's, let's wrap this up. Nick, as I said earlier, you're going to get the last word. I have uh, a couple things that, uh, as personal request, I want you to chuck into that last word. So two things. Number one, um, is, is, there, is there space for you to, you know, you've you got um, brokers as your customers, you've got carriers as your customers. Is there a space for you to license this out to a policy work slash applied or Ectoris or Vertifor, whoever, and become, you know, become the copy quote for commercial lines across the industry? And um, so you, you can, maybe you can address that as you, as you wrap up with whatever else you want to say, but also cast your mind forward five years, right? Quote is successful. How has that helped transform commercial underwriting and broking and, and so what, what do we look like in five years in terms of the, the the licensing thing it's interesting i was thinking the other day about who our biggest competitor is and, and and i think from all the brokers i've spoken to in the last you know few months and it's been hundreds of brokers i spend most of my days just on one zoom after the other with brokers going through quoting and understanding their business and i think the biggest competitor we have is actually you know adobe pdf 
because th that is what brokers are using today instead of our service, right? This this is the real substitute. It's PDF, it's Outlook, it's you know, it's it's that process. That, that that's what we're competing against. So I, I genuinely do not see the BMSs as a competitor. I see them as a potential ally in this market and and, and everyone has a role to play in in transforming and changing the way commercial operates. So from that perspective, yeah, we've considered and we, we've thought about, uh, you know, licensing and, and, and I think we'd be open to conversations around that and how we integrate with BMSs and how we potentially uh, license out the, the rating elements and some of the IP we built there. Uh, so, yeah, I think if it helps to make it better for the broker community, then, then that's great. In terms of a five-year view, I mean, five years is a hell of a long time, right, to project forward, although I guess probably not a ton has changed in the last five years. So that would be my, my my one promise, if anything, is that is that the next five years will look very different from the last five years, right? It, it's it's on the cusp of transforming. The insurers are close to their, their APIs and their connectivity capabilities, whether that's, you know, three months away for some of them or, or a couple of years away for others, they're getting close. And with solutions like Quoty, you know, again, agnostic to that process, we think there's huge connectivity potential even before those APIs are ready. So our, our view probably within, you know, one or two years is brokers can spend their time doing what they do best, right? In terms of managing client relationships, providing professional advice, building trust, being there for their client. You know, this is what we want to free their time up, time up, to, to do rather than effectively chase markets, push paperwork, try and print stuff out and make comparisons and, and, and just spend hours doing what, what tech can do in, in mere seconds. Uh, so that would be, you know, my, my probably two year view is just a complete transformation there. Uh, everything is connected. Things that should be fast and easy are now fast and easy and brokers can compete on the quality of their relationships with clients rather than, uh, you know, how fast they can, get processing done we need to clean up our shit and commercial lines all your producers are doing it different ways i've got this excel spreadsheet i've got that like just it needs to be tidied up and and underwriters honestly are probably sick of seeing it nine hundred thousand different ways too right like let's 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 add some efficiency and lower the friction. But again, say no to portals. Yeah, when you get to, we get ten underwriters together with your group study about what underwriters want to see, and you get the next version of the product. It's going to be pretty cool. But I know uh, DocuSign's biggest competitor was pen and paper. It wasn't any other signature software. So I think you nailed that. You hit it right in the head there. Well said. Thanks, man. And 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 yep. Yeah. That's uh, poor applications are the enemies of underwriters. So if we can help them, then that's that's a huge benefit. Is retention important to your brokerage? Of course it is. That's why at IFS, we have a cancellation prevention process. Want more details? Give us a call. I know you don't always use a premium finance company, but when you do, you should use IFS. Cheers. Are you looking for an insurance community to join? Have you heard of the LAAIA? The Latin American Association for Insurance Agents is just not for Latins. Their focus on diversity and inclusion over the last few years has made this 54-year-old association one of the fastest growing and the most dynamic associations in the industry. With established chapters in Florida, Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, and Denver, it's no surprise this association has the attention of everyone in this industry. 
Their upcoming national convention on beautiful Marco Island includes keynote speaker Trisha Griffith, the CEO of Progressive. National leaders from around the country like Marshberry, Vertifor, Lula, and more will be here on center stage as well. And whether you're an independent agent, a captive agent, life or health agency, or even a financial services professional, this association offers you everything you need to network and grow your business. Make sure you check them out and consider joining me, Jason Cass, at the next upcoming convention. It's going to be August 21st, the 24th, at the JW Marriott on stunning Marco Island. This has been Cass Approved.